The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Uh, we do have um, airlines behaving badly today, which. Did you read this article? Which one? The, the couple kicked out of their seats on oh. Alaskan Airlines yes. flight. So it, this is an odd one. Uh, so here's what happened. There's a, a fellow by the name of David Cooley. He's quite legendary, apparently, a legendary nightclub owner. Um, he and his partner, they're a gay couple, were flying from New York, JFK, to LAX, and a flight attendant asked his companion to move seats. And the reason they wanted to move seats was because there was a couple who are straight that wanted to sit together. And so he objected, saying, well were also a couple, and we'd like to sit together. So the two complicating factors to this story are the fact that they wanted them to move, one of them to move out of their premier section, their business class, to coach, which, you know, nobody wants to do that, whether you're a couple or not a couple. And the other is the airline says that they double-booked that one seat. They accidentally issued, you know, uh, two boarding passes for the same seat. I call BS on that. Well, it's possible. I've seen it before, but the thing is, so what? First come, first serve. Right. Like they they were seated on the airline and had been for quite some time before the other couple found out that one of their seats was double booked. So, well, it'd be like imagine if you were at a restaurant, you're sitting down enjoying dinner, and the uh, hostess or host walks over and says, "Oh, guys, listen." Uh, we got to kick you out of this private little booth that we have you booked in because yeah. this other couple is also booked for the same time, but they showed up late. Right. I'm not moving. No, and the thing is, they gave them as, you know, we hear these ultimatums on planes all the time, right? Where, And I've seen it, actually, I've been involved in it before, where the airline wants you to do something, whatever airline it is. And you say, well, I don't want to do that. And then it, it starts to escalate. And that's when the airline kind of says look, you know, if you're going to be unreasonable, then we're going to ask you to leave the... And, you know, at, at that point, you know that you're you're about to be screwed. Like, so you're going to kick me off the flight is what's going to happen, right? So they voluntarily left the flight in this particular case because they saw that it was escalating and they were threatened with, we need you to move or this individual cannot remain on the plane. So the two of them left. And and they didn't even try and get Alaskan to uh, reaccommodate them, I believe is the term used in airlines. They just went to Delta and flew Delta instead. Um, but here's what the airline says. Um, Alaskan Airlines confirms that the incident happened. Uh, they apologized to Mr. Cooley and his partner, but they denied they were discriminated against in any way, saying, quote, we are truly sorry this event occurred. We mistakenly booked two people in one seat. I can assure you we are an inclusive airline and we hold a zero tolerance policy for discrimination of any kind in our workplace. Uh, they are continuing to investigate the situation. So you're not on the You just feel like... It's just ridiculous. The airline industry as a whole is is in the news now on a weekly basis, if not every second or third day. You hear of dogs being sent to wrong countries. You hear or of people being put being, in the luggage uh, bin. Or, being yeah. put in the luggage bin. People, in this case, double booked, being asked to move, even though, they, in my opinion, they shouldn't have to. There is so, There are so many issues, and it always always, always comes back to the airline apologizing, claiming to investigate, and outside a few rare instances, nothing changes. Mm -hmm. Nothing happens. There needs to be something done with these airlines, and I don't know know what that answer is, but if I'm 
the CEO of United, Delta, Alaska, Air Canada, WestJet, I'm holding some sort of conference call or something that clearly outlines how we handle these situations. And if you don't handle it the way we have outlined in the company manual, Mm -hmm. you will be the one suffering because you will no longer be employed. Well, they're all unionized though, right? So here's the thing, and I guess that sounded like I threw some shade, but it's not as easy. Unions can be a good thing. It's just you not as easy. I'm, you know what I'm I getting I do know at, where though. you're getting at, but here's the thing. So take this Alaskan Airlines, and I'm sure Alaskan would like to go back and do it differently, right? Um, you have the Starbucks situation with the black guys, and you know, they, they would like to go back and do it differently. Um, you've got this woman down in Lethbridge who orders a latte and gets some chemicals in the latte, because they had the line uh, hooked up incorrectly. So they were flushing out the cream line, and it was still connected when they poured her latte. So she takes a gulp and realizes there are chemicals in the latte. Do you know what I think these three, just use those three, because they happen to be you know, relatively new, have in common is a lack of uh, training and a lack of taking responsibility for your job. And, and I mean, like, owning your job. There, there was a time, and again, I'm going to be the old guy here for a second, where you were so happy to have a job that you would own it. And, and if something went wrong, you'd be on top of it, and you'd make decisions because you represented the company. And I've said time and time again that the most important person at a company, in my opinion, is the receptionist. That is the absolute most important person. It's the first person that you do business with, you deal with, and who represents the company to every stranger that walks through the front door. These are all frontline situations we're talking about. And in the case of McDonald's, the guy said, the managers apologized. I think McDonald's has now apologized. They've explained what went wrong. They've said that they're going to increase their training and they're going to put signage up to make sure it doesn't happen again. So they've identified training is the problem. Right. Um, with the Alaskan, they're saying, well, investigate. But at the end of the day, what they're going to come up with is that the staff on the plane, the crew, didn't handle it the way they would have preferred. So again, training, right? With the Starbucks, do you remember they shut down all the Starbucks and did sensitivity training? So I kind of 50-50 blame both the employer and the employee. The employee should own their job, but they should do so with the tools given to them by the employer, which is in the training. And like you say, these, how many, if you're a flight attendant, how do you not know that upsetting a passenger or making an unreasonable request of a passenger is not going to be viral news. How do you not know that? Well, that's exactly it. And that was going to be my next point is as soon as something like that escalates, everybody's the pulling cameras, yeah. cameras, videos. You hear the reaction of people, which really adds to the moment because they're disgusted by what's happening and they're almost pleading on behalf of the person being treated improperly. Say, just what are you doing? Like, why are you, you, if you're having a bad day, get somebody else to handle the situation. And I've been on enough flights in my time that even some flight attendants, I put my bag typically under the the seat in front of me, Mm -hmm. and the handle is an inch into the hull, into the the lane there. Sir, you need to to move that over right now, please. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I see that it's out. Nobody's tripped on it yet, and I'll, I'll... I will have no problem pushing it back in, but it's just the way they say it. They give they give you such that condescending tone well, that you're such a, you know, you're so inconsiderate. Yeah. You're an idiot. Why are you letting this happen? It's not necessarily. I mean, certainly that that happens, and I don't want to take away from anything you just said. But the other part of it is sometimes flight attendants, having just said that people need to own their jobs, sometimes they are. I think 
resentful of the fact that a big part of their job is actually the safety of the passengers and passengers don't seem to know that so it is a, a huge responsibility of the crew and they're trained in first aid and they, they're even trained to use those defibrillators and they're trained to evacuate the plane and they're retrained and they're tested and i think that sometimes they see a small problem like two guys in the same seat as not as being beneath them to settle without, you know, in a in a kind and and uh, social manner, just you know, like just you are moving there. Like you, I need you to follow my instructions. How many times have you heard that? Somebody on an airplane, I need you to follow my instructions. Like it's like, oh, you're now you're the boss of me. Like you, you know what I mean? And I can tell you one that you reminded me of. I was flying from Toronto to Edmonton once. And the plane pushed back, and the woman beside me, who was Polish and didn't speak English, had her carry-on too far out the middle seat. And she had a great big piece of meat sticking out of it. I don't know what it was, like a sausage of some kind. And the flight attendant came. The plane stops, and the flight attendant comes and says, we, we actually cannot take off until you put that completely under your seat. She doesn't speak English. So she says something in Polish, and then the flight attendant says it louder. You know how you do that when somebody doesn't speak English? You it, just yell it. It's to my point of escalating again, right. right? So she yelled it to her, right? Like, And it wasn't aggressive, but it was louder, right? And then she tried it a third time, a little louder. And then she asked what language she spoke, and Polish. And so then she asked anyone on the plane, speak Polish. And nobody did. And so she went and got another flight attendant who spoke French. And they came out and she tried French. You know, maybe she, her second language is French. Yep. And no, like that, no, that wasn't working either. So then an officer came out, like the captain or co-pilot, I'm not sure. And we've been shut down for a while now. And the co-pilot comes out and he speaks slowly. Because that's the other way if you don't speak a language. You either yell it or slow it down, right? Like, I need you to, you know. Yep. And finally, I just went, actually, I can solve this. And the co-pilot was like, or pilot, whoever he was, he goes, do you speak Polish? And I went, no, but I can do this. And I kicked her bag under the seat. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to actually pull out your phone. No. And ask Siri no. or whatever to translate it. At the end of the day, you just needed to lean over and push it under the seat. You touched on the McDonald's story. Mm. We didn't fully explain it. I feel like we should take a okay. break because... You and I both have some questions <laughs> about do. how this happened yeah. and what happened after the fact. All right, so we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll give you the details on this uh, chemical latte. Uh, Brad Whisker in for Jalen Nye, uh, Andrew Gross in for himself, uh, always. <laughs> was, Sometimes we have Brad come in and imitate Andrew, <laughs> yeah, but you never know. But I'm always there for myself. Um, so this Lethbridge story. So Sarah Douglas is her name. Uh, purchased a latte, pulls out onto the highway to go to Medicine Hat, takes a drink. She's eight months pregnant, by the way, with her third child. Tastes something funny. Says she pulled the car over, spit out into the ditch, washed her mouth out with some water, and then returned to the McDonald's because she wanted to know what she had ingested. <laughs> Do you want to take us from there? I mean, yeah, sure. She They found out that... She ingested what was coolant or some It's a cleaner, a, a cleaning cl solution. A, a cleaning solution, pardon yep. me. So there's questions here. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. You had I, said to I'm, me I might have your answers for you. Well, your first question we were talking before the show even started. Yeah. And you said, How did she even notice? Right, because it wasn't a cup of cleaner. So what it was was and anyone who's worked at a fast food place and specifically McDonald's has probably done this 
on uh, breakdown at the end of the night, or these days a lot of them are open 24 hours, but at some point you have to flush all the lines. So if you didn't, the lattes would start to taste really bad, and the milkshakes would start to taste really bad, and the coffee would taste bad, right? So you hook a tube up and you flush the line. So I guess she ordered a latte while somebody was flushing the line. But it's sort of like, um, do you know, uh, like a, an electrician, when he's working with power and he turns power off, right. then he'll put a piece of tape across it or whatever to indicate, do not turn that power back on. But I guess um, whoever was cleaning the lines went to do something else, and then a different employee came up, poured her a latte, and added what they believed to be the cream, but of course they added the cleaner instead. So it wasn't a full cup of cleaner, but it was as much cream as would normally be in a latte. There was a chemical instead. So yeah. you would taste it for sure. You would. You'd think you'd smell it, though, as well. But again, yeah. if she left the lid on and was just... Yeah, and driving. She has two kids with her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're very distracted. You're focused on your trip. I, I also wonder, another question that I have is, was an employee having a bad day? And did this on purpose? Oh, I would think not. I, honestly, I would think not. No? No. It is the kind of mistake you make. Like, there's there's stories sometimes... You know, sometimes when you're working... I mean, there's stories of people who, uh, you know, got a Big Mac or, 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 you know, got handed the bag out the window and it turned out to be the deposit. Like, there's been stories like that, right? That is just how, the nature of fast food. Like, when you're working in there, you grab whatever to use as a container. So... That's how sometimes stuff gets in a container that shouldn't be in a container and gets passed out the window, right? But again, we were talking about training. That you would know if you poured, because before you put the lid on, you would know from the smell of it and from the appearance of it that that's not cream that just went in the latte. But again, you've got a McDonald's employee in Lethbridge who doesn't really care, right? See, and I'm sorry, for that's just true. They didn't care enough to go, hey, something's wrong with that latte. Well, see, and something that concerns me too is... She goes on to say that she's only heard from one local manager from the McDonald's, has yet to be contacted by the owner or anyone at the corporate level, and she says this needs to be more than a slap on the wrist. Yes. Well, do you agree with that, or do you again think it needs to go back to training? It's a great point. So oftentimes I'll say that people exaggerate their damages and whatever. In this particular case, she doesn't have damages, but I actually completely agree with her perspective that it has to go beyond a slap on the wrist. And I don't mean that the person has to be fired if it was a legitimate mistake. But it has to go beyond just saying, oops, that I'm sorry. Because whether it's McDonald's or a fine dining restaurant, you're handling our food. Right. That's really critical, right? So certain standards have to be upheld when you're handling people's food. So in that same statement, it's, it's convenient you mentioned that. She says this needs to be more than a slap on the wrist. And she goes on to say, I mean, to put a lid on something that doesn't look like a exactly. latte, that should be your first indication. That something's so wrong, yeah. you're being reckless at that yes. point. You're not paying attention to, to your job. Right. Which is something that so many people lack these days. And see, that's what I'm saying. Like, we kidded the other day. I'm going to throw Bauer some uh, light here. We kidded the other day about what would happen yesterday, I think, if we just got up and walked out at 5 o'clock. Like, what would happen? And, you know, just one of those curious things. Like, when I used to work at a at an office building, I used to wonder, what would happen if I showed up at a meeting without pants on? Right? Because I like to say you shouldn't have to issue a memo to put pants on for a meeting. But I wonder what would happen. Like, would anyone say anything? But the answer to the question is, what would happen if we walked out of here at 5 o'clock? Bauer, in the 30 seconds that he had to think about it, would throw a best of on. That's what he would do. There you go. Because he owns his job. He does. Right. Like, most of the people around here own their jobs. We all fill in for each other. We all support each other, right? And I get that maybe McDonald's is your first job, or maybe you're a minimum wage employee. 
whatever. If you take the job, own it. But as I say, by the same token, train and put the money, invest in your employees. Well, and just imagine if this took a negative turn. Sure. This what if is, she lost this is, the baby over it? Or what well, if, and I didn't want to get into the, right. the specifics of it, but that's what I was thinking. Yep. Can you imagine what that means, not only for yourself, the franchise owner, the manager, McDonald's as a whole? Right. That story would go viral. Of course. It would go all it, across North America, and suddenly you've created a negative image for more than just yourself. And if somebody passes away as a result, then exactly. a criminal investigation begins. Like The magnitude that this could have gone to but fortunately didn't is huge. There are lots of chemicals in the back room of every fast food joint, of every restaurant. And there's lots of containers that get mixed up from time to time. I can tell you from having worked at a McDonald's that I remember the day a new employee filled all the salt shakers with uh, detergent. The boxes are very similar. They buy them in bulk. You open them up, you rip the bag, and then you sit there scooping. And he just ignored what was on the side of the box. And so within minutes of opening, we realized something was wrong with the salt containers, right? Because you go to salt them and everything's bubbling. You're like, what's going on? And then you sort of, you know, you, you taste it, smell it, and go, oh, that's soap. And then you fix it, right? Yep. But that kind of stuff happens. And that's why I say she's right. Like, this has to be more than a, oh, what a funny story, or oh, I'm glad nobody got hurt. Well, I remember working at a, a grocery store, my first job. And um, at the grocery store, we had one of like a country kitchen where they cook, you know, the chickens and make all the yeah. sandwich, that sort of stuff. But they would pour all of the grease into one big bucket. <laughs> and one day, the manager comes up to me. And goes, uh, yeah, we need you to bring out two containers of grease and toss it uh, toss it out back into another container that they had. Mm-hmm. I said, and I wore, so like a, a t-shirt, kind of an, an apron over top that would protect the t-shirt and black pants and black shoes. And I'm like, well, do you guys have an outfit for that? Like, no, 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 you just bring it outside. I'm not carrying 50 pounds of grease <laughs> outside in a t-shirt in the winter. Mm. To dump to dump this out like it's just not it's not going to be me maybe you'll find someone that's willing to do that and won't question it but the safety of doing that it just doesn't jive with me right. and you know they got really frustrated why won't you do this I thought you were a, you know you're part of the company and yeah I'm part of the company but as being part of this company I'm going to do what's right yeah. and what's safe for me and, and they the, just the reaction they gave it's like oh you should be doing anything like no I shouldn't I'm 16 I make 750 an hour you're not giving me a suit to carry grease I'll out. tell you something it's else you happening. shouldn't be doing is you shouldn't be training the next guy that's the other thing because the new yeah. guys that's one of the jobs you have to do is when you get another new guy is that the newest guy has to be showing the newest guy the new guy yeah. the, and that's not there should be a training session the two month guy exactly is training the who thinks he knows everything guy. yeah and you're talking about fat that's how I cleaned out the fryers one day picked up the bucket and nobody had mentioned use a metal bucket uh-huh. I used a plastic bucket you pick it up and whoosh all over the floor uh, we'll take a break for news headlines when we come back. Nolan Cross. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.